Welcome to Tech Down, the weekly podcast discussing technology, bourbon, and other nerd-related topics. My name's Adam, and I'm joined, as always, by my handsome co-host, Aaron. Aaron, how you doing this week, man? Adam, I'm great. How the heck are you doing? I am superb. Wow. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you noticed, but I, I slipped a little something extra into the, the intro there. I like that. It's a little uh, little exotic for us, but but I'm a fan. Yeah, I, I see that uh, you you are uh, you have a fancy drink over there on the yeah. on the Skype call. What what do you got? Well, I'm a pretty fancy guy. I, I would even consider myself a gentleman, Adam. Uh, I, in fact, I think we're both gentlemen tonight because we're indulging in some uh, delicious delicious bourbon. I got some libation. Yeah, I I switched it up a little bit tonight. Usually, I don't drink during the podcast or before the podcast so that I can say stay focused like a laser. Um, this time I had a beer before the podcast and I am drinking bourbon right now. And why are we drinking bourbon tonight, Adam? Yeah, so uh, we apparently, if you are listening to this, uh, you might be a fan of Tech Down podcast. You might be a part of Tech Down Nation. Or as uh, as it happens, you might also be a member of Bourbon Nation, aka a listener uh, of the Bourbon Gents podcast. And apparently, something happened where wires got crossed, and subscribers of this uh, fantastic Bourbon uh, discussion podcast were getting episodes of TechDown.fm in their feed. Which is like the best kind of bug, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, so they, um, you've been talking to them, so you can probably speak to this a little bit more. But I know they um, put forth that hopefully we weren't hacking them um, to make our our podcast appear in their feed. I don't know for sure that we've ruled out them hacking us so that they can piggyback off of our popularity to kind of boost their ratings oh. a little bit. Um, I'm just putting that out there. I have no evidence yeah. to support it, um, but it's just just a little theory that we might hmm. want to chew on. I hadn't even thought about that, but that's a awesome uh, podcast conspiracy theory. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, come to think of it, mm. mm-hmm. very very crafty bourbon gents. I see what you did. Yeah. So you uh, you you've been talking to this guy, these guys, and uh, trying to get things straightened out. Um, and it it seems like an issue, not on our side, not on their side. Not on Squarespace's side, not on Apple's side. So what what went wrong? Jeez, yeah. So, I mean, to back it up just a little bit. So, like, about two weeks ago or so, uh, we got a tweet, uh, like a cold tweet from the Bourbon Gents podcast, just asking that we contact them, which, regrettably, we did not uh, catch for about a week or so. So maybe this was, like, three weeks ago. When we finally did get in contact with them, they kind of laid out what was going on. Like you just recapped how uh, members of Bourbon Nation were somehow getting tech down episodes in iTunes, um, but it didn't affect Android users who are hitting their RSS feed directly um, through their podcast player of choice. So we started uh, direct messaging back and forth, me and these Bourbon gents, and we we did a little um, problem solving. This was a case where... Like my background in quality assurance, I was just like raring to figure out what was going on. I was ruling out stuff left and right. Um, so I kind of I kind of dug in on this one a little bit. And what we found was that um, 
Both of our podcasts are hosted on Squarespace, so I thought that might be the issue. And we sent a ticket off to Squarespace, and they were delightful, super helpful in helping us diagnose this issue, and they ruled out that it was a problem with Squarespace. So with that, I logged a ticket with Apple through their Podcast Connect uh, service, their portal, um, and we couldn't figure out what was going on. There was like a secondary issue also where the tech down, uh, um, it's not an album, but podcast art was for some reason replaced with this picture of a church. And so I did a little digging on the side to find out where did this church picture come from? Because that's not at all related to bourbon gents. And it turns out that was a third separate podcast also hosted on Squarespace that somehow we were getting that uh, image from in our feed um, in iTunes. Uh, when you looked at our RS feed directly, there, that image was not in there. But when you navigated to TechDown in the podcast app or in iTunes, there it was. Um, so Apple got back to me to let me know about the uh, album art issue and that it appeared that um, our image, the uh, signature TechDown logo with the Chevron, was actually um, too small and didn't meet their minimum size requirements. So unbeknownst to my uh, dashing co-host Adam, I actually went and recreated the TechDown uh, podcast art. So we have an updated image, and I went ahead and uh, refreshed that in Apple's Podcast Connect portal. Um, so that solved our uh, album art issue, but that didn't really help the bourbon gents. So I kind of unpacked all of this on them through direct messages on Twitter and let them know that we had figured out it's not a Squarespace issue. We had figured out that my album art issue was completely separate. Um, and so what we actually ended up doing to resolve this problem was uh, the Bourbon Gents ended up opening a new account and submitting their Bourbon Gents RSS feed through that new account. Um, and that resolved the entire issue. So apologies to the Bourbon Gents and to Bourbon Gent Nation. Uh, we definitely did not hijack the stream, um, but through, you know, just sheer coincidence and like random zeros and ones we got connected with these folks and uh actually they're completely lovely they're they have a great podcast i like the content um they kind of ribbed us on their uh episode 14 they uh sort of parodied our intro so tech down nation i definitely recommend episode 14 of the bourbon gents podcast if you uh if you want to um check that out um, but overall, it's just uh, really cool to connect with this uh, accidental sister podcast of ours. And so it sounds like basically the solution was a uh, heavy-duty method of turning it off and back on again. Yep. Isn't yeah. that always the case? Yep, exactly. Uh, what uh, what bourbon are you drinking? So I actually am not typically a bourbon person. I'm not a bourbon gent myself. But I uh, went out to the liquor store today. I asked the guy behind the counter, hey, what's a good bourbon? And he pointed me to this Woodford Reserve, which is a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Uh, and it is pretty dang tasty. But uh, what are you drinking? So I have a single bottle of bourbon in my liquor collection. And it is, in fact, Woodford Reserve. No as way. Well. Yeah, uh, which I think is a pretty, pretty uh, standard, highly, highly rated bourbon. Um, what it... Are, do you have your bottle right there? What is your uh, yeah. d what's your bottle number? Oh, they they're numbered. So bottom left. My label batch. Oh yes. So the batch is uh three seventy nine, and my bottle number is twenty seven twenty two. Ooh, I, I'm batch uh ten fifteen. So like two thousand before yours. Wow. You can tell how frequently I have bourbon. 
Yeah. Uh, and bottle 7001. So uh, it, you you uh, described your bourbon as delicious earlier, um, but you've also described yourself as not a bourbon drinker. Um, how how do you how do you square that circle? You know, I'm I'm trying to expand my horizons here. I wanted to, you know, the the bourbon gents, I thought they were gracious with their time and energy trying to solve this problem for us, and I wanted to return the favor and kind of, you know, get outside my comfort zone a little bit. So, I plopped in an ice cube in there. I don't I don't know if that's good bourbon etiquette, but it really opened up the flavors and I think I'm experiencing this bourbon in a way that I never have before with a newfound appreciation for those who drink bourbon. Well, that's, uh, I'm glad that you're enjoying your bourbon. Um, I don't really care for bourbon. Um, in, uh, in terms of brown liquors, I much, much, much prefer scotch and I think scotch is vastly superior. Um, I basically have this bottle of bourbon for making old fashions, which I think is a lovely cocktail. Um, and what this tastes like to me basically is a uh, old fashioned that is missing the the citru- the citrus and, and the sweetness. Um, so I, I don't think I'm going to be a guest on the the Bourbon Gents podcast anytime soon. But that's my <laughs> that's my uh, review of the Woodford Reserve. Your episode would be very short. <laughs> yeah. I just, I tell it like it is. Yeah, exactly. So uh, shout out to the BG boys. Yeah, indeed. Um, let's see. We also, we've had some family activities recently that uh, we wanted to talk about. One up, both taking place in lovely downtown Ypsilanti. First was the Color Run 2017. Uh, hashtag Team Comp competed in that, which yeah. was, uh, in this instance, you your wife Mary Beth, me, my wife Cindy, and uh also my little boy Connor, who's two. That's right. He he set a PR. Yeah. Baby's first color run, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um and so I uh, my wife and I do a lot of races. Um and you and Mary Beth are a little bit less experienced with uh with, with them. So I was kind of wondering what uh what you thought about it. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, we we are less competitive. In fact, as a tall guy, uh, if you didn't know, I'm around 6'3", and I've had some knee incidents in the past. Uh, I, I took this one slow. I didn't want to, uh, you know, um, have any injuries out in Ypsilanti that I'd have to deal with uh, for this day of frolicking and fun. So uh, Mary Beth and I, we both walked the color run, which I think it took about 50 minutes or so. Um, maybe a little bit longer because the idea of the color run is you stop at different uh, stations throughout the uh, race and there's volunteers who throw packets of color at you so throughout the entire event you're just getting like dirty and colorful and it's like a lot of fun and then at the end of it there's this like giant celebration where everyone gets together and there's like a big stage with music and everyone's like having a good time throwing their color packets up in the air like it's it's a party atmosphere. So if you couldn't tell, this is less of a competitive 5K and a whole lot more of like family fun, you know, um, which was perfectly my speed. Uh, I don't even think they do um, times at the color run, nope. unless I'm mistaken. Yeah. Nope. So it was great for me. Yeah, it was uh, the event was sponsored by Lay's Potato Chips. Right. Uh, which, yeah. which tells you how uh, serious of a athletic event it was. Um, yep. You were kind of live snapping every station, which I totally appreciated. Uh, after my wife and I finished, we could we could see all the color stations that you and Mary Beth were hitting, and uh, that was pretty cool. 
Um, did you did you save your Snapchat story? Uh, you know, I don't think I did. I've been having some Ooh. problems with saving those stories, but oh. I did have a, uh, a photo stream going. So we got a tons of uh, more permanent pictures from the event, which I think we'll do. Yeah. Um, this was uh, a interesting race for me because it was the first one that Connor's done, like I said. Um, and we had no idea what to expect. The reason that he ran with us was because our babysitter situation fell through at the last minute. And, uh, rather than bow, we were like this close to calling you guys and saying, uh, we, uh, we, we gotta, we gotta cancel, but we decided to risk it, take him with us in the stroller, um, pack him up with some snacks and some water and, and see how he does. And he, Loved it. He had such a blast. He was looking forward to each color station. Yeah. We uh, tried to block him as much as possible so that he didn't get like a face full of colored Mm -hmm. cornstarch. But he loved the race, thought it was really fun. And then afterward, those little color packets that you mentioned, uh, we were giving him those one after the other. And he was having so much fun just throwing them into the air and creating color clouds and uh, you mentioned that photo stream, but we got some absolutely adorable pictures of him, uh, of uh, him throwing throwing these color packets into the air, and so it was really special. Um, one, it's really nice to do this sort of thing with you guys, um, but it was a really good first race for uh, for my son, and hopefully not his last. Yeah, well, this is one of those cases where uh, you know the best best laid plans go awry but i uh i preferred the way it turned out like i was so happy that he was able to be there and he was having a great time and you know i i know you guys were a little concerned about like uh too many people or like him getting color in his face and luckily none of that happened he, there are no meltdowns everyone is happy we even like went to a brewery afterwards and had like a couple uh post 5k drinks and I think we had like toast or something and everyone was super happy like it, it was uh in my opinion, better that he came, even yeah. though that was completely, you know, uh, it wasn't planned at all. It was a happy, you know, uh, circumstance kind of thing. Yeah, it, it went so well that I was kind of dis- disappointed in myself that we considered getting a babysitter in the first place. So mental note for next time. Take him to all uh, cornstarch, colored cornstarch related yeah. events. Yeah, and this was our uh, our second color run, and I, I think our last one was five years ago. Uh, so it was just really cool to be back, you know. Like I, I think it was, you know, just kind of interesting seeing, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, like how much our lives have changed, but still cool to like come back to this event. Agreed. Um, but then a couple of weeks after that, um, and just a couple of days in the past, there was another blessed event at downtown Ypsilanti. And that was the Ypsilanti beer fest 2017, uh, which, uh, thankfully our babysitter situation did not fall through. So I was not, uh, we didn't have to take my two year old, uh, to the event. And so it was again, you, your wife, me, my wife, and, uh, our brother Andrew. And we got to, just wander around uh, Riverside Park in Ypsilanti, drink a whole bunch of different beers, and just have a really good time. Yeah, and what's funny is that one also it seemed pretty family-friendly. There are a lot of people with, like, strollers and such, but I definitely agree that of the two, this was the one that you want to have the babysitter for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so did, did, you, did you have a good time? Were there any beers that stood out? 
Yeah, I, I don't know if you mentioned, but we actually went on my birthday this last uh, Saturday. So it was kind That's of right. a... It's like a good way to celebrate my birthday with uh, the family. You know, our mom was your babysitter. So when we uh, all met up at her place, you know, I got to see her and our little siblings. So it's just nice to uh, see everybody because um, we hadn't had plans otherwise to meet up on my birthday. So that was that was kind of special for me. And the uh, event itself, I'm I'm a little conflicted and I wanted to hear your opinion on Ooh, this. So, conflict. Yeah. So first off, like it's the middle of July, uh, and it was like overcast, scheduled to rain basically all weekend actually. And it was gray, like super gray. So I was kind of like anticipating rain. So I wore jeans, uh, like, you know, I was, I was ready to run under a pavilion at a moment's notice if it started downpouring. Uh, and I don't think we had more than five minutes of rain over the entire weekend. And it was swelteringly hot. So it was like humid and hot and I'm wearing these jeans and a little bit like miserable from that. Uh, and then the other side of it. So we, we did previously go to the Detroit Beer Festival and that was, I forget exactly when, like November. Like it was a much cooler event, like uh, chillier, um, which Mary Beth and I are talking about. Like, you know, did you prefer going in the summer? Do you prefer going in the fall? And I think I prefer beer festivals in the fall because... Uh, I like stouts and porters and like darker beers. And so when I go to these beer festivals, I like to try like sampling limited edition bourbon, you know, barrel age, like all these like really, really high alcohol content, dark stouts. And that is not what you want to be drinking when it's like 85 degrees and humid. So I was drinking a lot lighter beers like Kolsch's and things like that, which was awesome because, you know, that's still kind of like going outside my comfort zone a little bit, which I appreciated. But I think overall, I have to give it to the Detroit Beer Festival over the Ypsilanti one, just based around like time of the year. And I'm kind of curious what you think about that. Uh, yeah, I agree with everything that you said. I think the Beer Fest suffered because of the heat and humidity, and it was less enjoyable. Um, I, I still feel like I had a really good time, um, even though whenever... Like I would get a beer and then hold on to it for five minutes and it'd be warm if I if I didn't drink it too fast. And then I'd sample somebody else's that was cold. And I'm like, oh, that's way better <laughs> just because it was cold. Um, I still think I had a good time. Um, my wife was just not feeling any of the beers, basically. Oh, really? Yeah. She was uh, just trying a bunch of stuff, even beers that she's had and enjoyed in the past and was like, oh man, you know, uh, it, it seemed like her overall impression was that she, it, and maybe it was due to the weather. It was probably likely due to the weather, but she was just in a mood where she wanted to just sit down with a pint of one of these and have it stay cold for, you know, longer than five minutes and just mm-hmm. chill out and relax and not fight the crowds. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I agree. I think fall is better. Um, I really enjoy um, darker beers. I, I, I guess I really like all beers. Um, this gave me a chance to uh, try a whole bunch of sours. Yeah, yeah. It's the new rage. Lately. Yeah, it is the new rage. It's all anybody's talking about when they talk about beers. Um, but I like. I felt kind of silly getting a, a darker beer so i only did i only got one and that was the uh the the lizard of cause from founders oh is yeah it, yeah is that what it was i think it uh, was wizard wizard of cause but it yeah, was yeah. wizard 
and anyway, that one was my favorite, but there's no way I could drink like 15 Dixie cups full of stouts or, or, uh, or porters when it's 90 degrees and 90% humidity. So, um, I completely agree with your assessment. Um, yeah. I, I had another thought about beer fest though, if you'll allow me. Yeah. Um, I'll indulge it. I, I've been going to beer fests for a while now. I really enjoy beer. Um, and the first few that I went to, um, were, uh, at a time when micro brewery or craft brewing was really starting to take off. Um, and so you would go to these beer fests and you would know some of the big breweries like founders or bells or something like that. But then there would be a bunch of, uh, a bunch of smaller ones from cities. You didn't know that they had breweries and you'd be like, Oh, let's see what, uh, you know, this, this brewery from Flint has, and you'd sample it and be like, Oh, that's, that's really good. Good job, you guys. And that was really fun. Now I feel like it's at a point where the market is so saturated that there's so many breweries and the, uh, the, the quality level that you have to hit to open a brewery and be successful is so low that Mm. pretty much all of the breweries I hadn't heard of before, I didn't really care for their beers. And what my uh, plan of attack that I settled on after a while was to go to the more well-established breweries tents at this uh, beer fest and try to get beers from them that I haven't had before. Because they, uh, they are breweries that I know have been around for a while. I know they know what they're doing. I know they do good work. And uh, just getting something new from them was the uh, the adventurous experience that... Um, I used to get when I would try out new breweries um, at these beer fests. So, hmm. yeah, that, that's interesting. The uh, yeah, there it was. There were just so many. Like it was a really, really big yeah. beer festival. And luckily, like the the park we're at, Riverside, was actually like pretty big too. So, like it, it, there was a lot of tents and a lot of people, but it was spread out enough that it, you, I, I guess I didn't feel like people were stacked up on each other, which was mm-hmm. nice. But there were so many that I'd never heard of before. Um, but it was kind of cool to like see the ones that I had grown attached to over the last couple of years that were like newer that I were rooting for. Like I've probably mentioned on the podcast before, um, Canton Brewworks, which I'm a big fan of, recently joined their mug club. So it was really cool to see what, them what? there or hear that they're there actually, because I didn't actually end up seeing them there or sampling their beer, just you know, the sheer volume of different places. Um, and also batch brew company out in Detroit, which we did visit and I did get to try a beer from, but it's just cool to like root for the, the, the hometown heroes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And those are ones that you've had beers from before and you know yep. that, that you like them. So, um, it, it's a shame you didn't get to see Canton Brewworks and, and talk to the, the guys there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bummer. That one is such a cool story. They like, they celebrated their two year anniversary recently and they were, uh, opened as a result of a successful Kickstarter. And at this point, like I've tried to do my best to, you know, really drum up support and get friends and family to visit there. And I think, uh, I think it's paid off. They've expanded in their strip mall out in Canton once, uh, which is awesome. They've doubled their space and that one I'm personally attached to. I love, uh, I love seeing Canton Brewworks do well. 
Yeah. Uh, fun fact, friend of the show, George Hotelling, is Canton Brew Works Mug Club number 0001. You want to know what Mug Club member I am? Yeah, I, I do. I don't have my mug yet, but I have my card. I'm a card-carrying member. I am number 442, so only uh, 441 behind Dwayne. George. Did you say George? Yeah, George. Yeah, George is the beer aficionado. Dwayne is the car aficionado. Indeed. Yep. Yes, yes. Um, all right, cool. So uh, that's the Ypsilanti Beer Fest. Tangentially related to that is our next topic, um, hmm. which I think might blow your mind. Yeah, I'm curious about this one. I, I'm especially curious to see how it's related to the Beer Fest. Yeah. Um, so Pop Quiz Hotshot, what kind of case do I have on my phone? Uh, no case. No case, because I like to roll naked. Yes, yes. But that naked is, is the day you're born. That is false, because <gasps> I now Wh- am what? rocking a red leather Apple uh, Apple, uh, Apple case on my iPhone 7. Nice. That looked pretty slick, man. That goes well with your red headphones you're recording in. It's pretty good, right? I had to get the most colorful one that I could. Uh, Surprise! You didn't go uh, midnight blue to match that uh, watch watch strap of yours. Okay, so this isn't the the, the main thrust of the topic, but <laughs> uh-huh. it, it's an aside. Um, I am at, I, I realized recently that all of my clothes and shoes and technology products are all super muted, super earth tony, um, earth tony, yeah. Um, like blues and grays and blacks and like maybe some browns thrown in there. Boring, boring colors. And so I have been trying to go out of my way since I realized that uh, to get more colorful stuff. My my latest shoes are purple. Um, this case is red. Um, oh, and something that really drove that point home was being at WWDC and everybody was See wearing the exact same color palette. Yeah. everybody without without exception it was it was nuts so anyway i went with a thread um the reason that this is tangentially related to the beer fest is after the beer fest we went to the bar <laughs> you know as you do that's right that's right um and we sat down at a table outside and you can attest that my phone fell out of my pocket a couple of times yep twice it was straight from your seated position uh right onto the concrete pavement yep Slipped right out of uh, of my pocket um, onto the pavement. I was sad. Got home uh, and sobered up a little bit. At, well, sobered up, then drove home, and then realized that uh, both of my top corners of my phone were uh, chipped, <gasps> which made me very sad. Um, and so I, I guess in the back of my mind, I always knew that my naked experiment would not last forever um but i thought that it would be due to my two-year-old or three-year-old whenever it happened uh doing something that breaks my screen but nope turns out it was just my my dumb fault um and i had just had a couple beers to drink dropped it on the pavement and i'm like i don't want something stupid like this to shatter my entire screen and make me have to either do a repair or get a new phone so uh, i'm uh I'm a I'm a case guy now. Wow. So how's it feel? What what do you think? Big adjustment? No. I think it is fine. There's a spider that is coming right right down onto my computer. 
Oh this is God. wild. So uh, all all that resistance against cases was a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of angst about nothing. Oh wow, I see it. It's oh, huge. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Well, it might also be a trick of perspective, huh? Yeah, you know it's funny. I have something to add to your story, which wait, is that. Wait, uh, let me let me correct you really quick. I'm oh, I'm, yep. I'm making some notes. So, someone's wrong on the internet. Yeah, I have to correct you. Um. I just want to point out, I still think that being naked is better than having a case. Um, Hi, Spider. But it is just, it is as tolerable as I knew it would be having a case. It just uh, just became a necessity. So I still think being naked is better, which maybe not everybody agrees with me on. Um, but also not having a shattered screen is better, which I think I think we are all in agreement of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if I can quote the great philosopher Tommy Pickles, Reptar is naked, Spike is naked, why can't we be naked? Well put, Tommy Pickles. Uh, yeah, well, thank you for correcting that uh, assumption of my, on my part. Um, the thing I wanted to add was, I, I don't believe either of us do this, but uh, I think we both have people in our circles of friends and maybe even family who uh, apply screen protectors to their phones so like uh one of those pieces of really thin rigid glass that or plastic that you can put over your screen protect it from scratches keys things like that um ever since we got mary Beth's iphone 7 she's had a screen protector they put it on on the t-mobile store and i think i replaced it once or twice since then um a few days before the beer festival she asked me to order some new ones because like i think hers had been scratched up and she it was so scuffed up she had to peel it off and she was feeling a little anxious going uh with the case but like a like a like a vanity case not anything that protective and yeah. uh no screen protector is giving her some anxiety so right before we hit the beer festival i put one of those screen protectors on her phone and i was so thrilled that throughout the entire event she didn't drop it once and it was really really big but we both got home and we we're like I am so glad that we put that screen protector on your phone because Adam dropped his phone twice. <laughs> so it was still like, I think, I think the concern was there and it was warranted. Yeah. But luckily it just uh, affected a different comp this time. So sorry, sorry to hear about your scuffed corners and uh, that it forced you into this closed nightmare. No, it, it's not, it's not a nightmare. It is fine. Ju- it's just that being naked is better. It, I mean, which is a, Similar to my stance on clothes in general, like wearing clothes is fine, being naked is better. Ah, uh, no way, dude. I'm I'm of the never nude mentality. Oh well, okay. <laughs> Agree to disagree on this one, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's my my new phone accessory. Um, I was I thought you're gonna have like one of those little things that pop up onto the back of your phone, so nope. you have something to hold on to, which. Nope. Might have might have helped you also, although it was falling out of your pocket, so maybe not. Yeah, um, you know what? Uh, oh, while we're on the subject of yeah. you dropping your phone uh, and my birthday, okay. do you know what I asked for Mary Beth for my birthday? All I asked for her was workout shorts with zip-up pockets, and I can't help but think that could have been your move. You don't need a case; you just need a pocket zip up. My pockets. Yeah, yep, that's all you need, man. That is a good, yeah, maybe I went about solving this from the wrong direction. That being said, they're impossible to find, and you'll have to order them online like Mary Beth did. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's life-changing. I love it. 
Wow. Okay. Do you, do you have stuff falling out of your pockets very often? Phones, no, I don't. Maybe? Not now. Not Although I did anymore. go for a pokey ride last night and I uh, left the pocket unzipped just so I could quickly access it. And that was giving me a little bit of anxiety, just yeah. having it open that much. And that's, you know, I just can't do that. Yeah, well, now I see why. Um, okay, next topic. I wanted to talk about my iPad adventures. Um, this, I know I mentioned it briefly to you when we were together because I'm IRL. super excited about it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, outside of tech down bandwidth. Um, but tech down listeners might not know that I have been using an iPad as my main personal computer. I see you pouring yourself more bourbon. Round two. <laughs> pouring one out for you, bourbon gents. No, you're not. You're pouring it into a glass. I poured it out into a glass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been using an iPad as my main personal computer for the past two months or so. Um, and, uh, just for a little bit of background, I took my, well, (laughs) stepping back even further, my wife got a iPad pro as her main computer when her, her, uh, MacBook air gave up the ghost and she hated it. Yeah. Um, We talked about this on the podcast way back when. Um, and so she ended up, we, we ended up getting her a, uh, MacBook. What is the latest one? Just, just a MacBook, right? It, uh, yes. Yeah. The very thin one. Yeah. The, the thinnest one. Yeah. Got her one of those with the expectation that I would sell her Mac or I'm sorry, iPad pro to get some of the money back. Um, but we we couldn't find her pencil for a while, and then this was around Christmas time, and then Christmas passed, and it didn't seem as pressing to get it sold. And then uh, before we knew it, it was June, <laughs> and uh, I was invited to WWDC, and I'm like, well, I guess I uh, can take this iPad and install iOS 11 on it to try out iOS 11 stuff, not knowing what what would be an iOS 11. Uh, turns out iOS 11 has a lot of stuff that makes iPad uh, great again, um, both in terms of multitasking and um, file management. Um, and so the the week of WWDC, I was using the iPad, you know, a little kind of lightly to test things out. Um, a couple weeks after that, I went to Utah for a work trip for a week took my iPad as my main main computer, used it all week there, and uh, kind of loved it. I loved the lightness, loved the battery. Um, I loved using iOS as my primary uh, operating system. And um, I am kind of of the opinion now and a strong believer that this is the, it, it feels like the future of computing to me. Wow. Like, like I can easily see that now. And in fact, going from using iOS on an iPad to Mac OS on, on a Mac, it feels, uh, it feels old and it feels crusty. Like the same way that like your iPhone 7 it feels great now, but a week after the iPhone 7 Plus or the iPhone Pro or whatever drops, you're going to look at that iPhone 7 and be like, ugh. Oh my the, god! You think I'm gonna buy an iPhone Pro? It costs like twenty five hundred dollars. No, no, no. But it will exist, and so you will look at your current phone differently once the new tech is out there. Yeah, and um, even more so once you try that new tech, and you have to go back to the old one. Yeah. Um. So I 
I, I go back and forth between Mac OS and iOS on the iPad basically all day. And I just, I prefer doing stuff on, on the, uh, on the iPad. I, I use it when I can. Um, I, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, uh, basically my thoughts in a nutshell. I, I was never really a believer that iPads were, um, that like, I guess they were consumption devices, not productivity devices. Was that your opinion? No, no, I I never believed that. Um, I just thought that, you know, some people like using a desktop operating system. Some people like using iOS and that's how it will be going forward for a long time. Um, But now I have switched over and I think that once more people get to experience iOS as their primary computing platform, uh, more people will will switch over. And, you know, to be fair, like, we are Apple people, so I'm talking about iOS and macOS in terms of that. But for a lot of people, this could easily be uh, Android and Windows that they are making a choice between. And uh, honestly, I I think a... um, well, I guess maybe that's not a good comparison because Windows does like the the like hybrid stuff where it's a desktop mm-hmm. OS and a touch OS. But um, yeah, I, I don't know, like something strictly mobile. I, I think that a lot of it will give a lot of people what they need very soon. And uh, I think that there will be a big, big push into this space pretty soon. Mm hmm. I mean, I'll be bold and say I wager that most people could get by using an iPad and not even just like get by, like scrape by, but not like it, but like excel and, you know, really thrive using an iPad as their primary computer. It's just, you know, once you get in the more niche audiences like us, that it's, there's the one or two use cases that, you know, you kind of need to hold on to the legacy stuff for. And to your point, I I think you uh kind of strayed from it for a second or walked it back slightly, but I think there is kind of like that, uh you know, are you more of a mobile paradigm person? Or are you more of a uh, like classic mouse pointer type uh, paradigm person? Um, and like I, I occasionally uh, find myself like just confused about how to like get something done on my Mac, which is weird. Like I, it's not even that I spend much time using like the iPad with iOS 11, like you. Uh, you have been, which really does seem like it's more of a full-fledged like replacement for that type of environment. Just using my phone, like that, still has evolved into like the way I primarily think about how to get things done. So like, there's that moment where I have to kind of reorientate myself when I'm on the Mac about like this is how I get you know a certain task accomplished. So yeah, I, I definitely I'm like thrilled to check out the ios 11 ipad stuff i think it'll be really cool like we just got done before the show started i think talking about which ipads i have in the family on this side of tech down um and we have an ipad mini one and two and unfortunately neither of those get any of the nice new features that ios 11 affords like being able to have multiple apps open at once so i i don't even know if like drag and drop stuff would be there but uh it wouldn't be the full iOS 11 experience, so maybe I can get a uh, play with yours next time I'm over, or you know, just check one out in the Apple Store. But I'm definitely tempted by the uh, new iPads, but also by the new Mac. So I, as ever, I just like new shiny things. Yeah, 
Um, I, if I had to wager, I think that I will buy one more desktop, um, piece of hardware in my life. Like, like I'll buy one more and then that'll last me for, uh, a transition period of a few years. And then I'll be switched over to, uh, iOS as my primary, primary OS. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, 10, 15 years after that, I'll be switched over to whatever VR OS is is new and exciting ocular implants yep yeah implants definitely um so yeah i mean we've got a a vacation coming up um we won't say where until after it's happened because we don't want tech down nation to to stalk us but i'll definitely be bringing the ipad with me so you'll have uh plenty of opportunity to check it out sweet Cool. Um, you want to skip over this next topic um, and jump right into uh, the last two? Yeah, I'm down. We can okay. put that one in the uh, back backlog. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. So that means it's time for our favorite brand new segment. Our favorite segment called Video Game Corner. It was well, well rehearsed and well executed, dude. So <laughs> that that made me so happy for a lot of reasons. I'll tell you about it <laughs> offline. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, you've been playing some video games. I've been playing some video games. What have you been playing? Lay it on me. Yeah, so uh, I I've been I switched over, which is a confusing way to say it because what I'm switching from is my Switch, and what I'm switching to is uh, my PlayStation VR. So earlier. I think it was late last week, like the 21st of July. Um, there was a game that I had been super looking forward to and anticipating for quite a while before it was ever announced as coming to the PlayStation VR. It finally came out and it was an insta buy for me. It was this game called Super Hot. Super Hot. Super Hot. Super Hot. So you've, you've heard of it and maybe seen some gameplay videos. I uh, played it. Oh, okay. Have you? It, I, so I played you the played demo on, when uh, it came out. Is that on 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 the Vive on the Oculus? Where'd you play that? Well, I played it uh, before it was VR. Mm, so I, oh, I played man. the standard uh, mouse mouse keyboard. Way. I see. Okay, which I'm sure is still a lot of fun. But there, I this is a good game to have in VR. So if you have yes. no experience with Super Hot, Super Hot is a game where you essentially exist in bullet time, like from the Matrix. Uh, and when nothing is happening and you're not moving your hands or your head at all, time does not move at all. So time only moves when you move. Uh, and each level is just um, uh, in an area where enemies are coming at you. And of course, they're coming super slow or not at all, depending on how fast you move. And so uh, it, it sounds like it'd be an action game. And there's definitely like, you know, shooting and punching and stuff in it. But really, it's more of a puzzle game because you yeah. kind of have to figure out like, as your foes are coming at you, like, you know, prioritizing, like the guy closer to you, he's close, but he doesn't have a weapon. So like, he's not your immediate threat where the guy across the room who's pointing a pistol at you, you have to like neutralize him immediately. So like, it kind of forces you to consider each um, like step you have to take throughout the process. And the whole thing, you're just moving very slowly, looking around you to check where everybody's at. Yeah, and because time is moving so slowly, as you're moving slowly, you can do these badass movements too, which it was really cool doing it on the computer. I'm sure it's that much cooler in VR yeah, when it's yeah. like your actual hand movements that's catching a gun out of midair and stuff. 
Yeah, or it's like it's freaky when somebody shoots at you and you like don't you know realize it in time and there's just a bullet coming right at you like it's pretty terrifying like it's like in your vision and then you you know you die and you have to restart the level but that's the kind of experience that i really like out of vr where it is like jarring and you feel like you're there and it kind of like makes you jump a little bit um and that's like i think what you don't quite get from playing it just you know traditional uh, mouse and keyboard or like xbox controller or what have you like i even though you've experienced it i definitely you know would recommend checking it out in vr so next time you're over bring your ipad you know i'll play with that you can play super hot vr uh, i definitely recommend it it's a pretty short experience but it has been one of my favorite things to do with my playstation vr uh i don't so i mean that sounds good what might sound better is uh i said i'm bringing the ipad on vacation when we go on this trip, you should just bring your uh, PlayStation and PlayStation VR, and uh, you could probably bring that nice curved TV also. Don't tempt me, man. The TV's out of question. That, that thing's not leaving the basement. But I, I was eyeing a travel case at Target, and it's, you know, oh, I could take this to work. Yeah, I hadn't thought about our secret vacation trip, but uh, yeah, that that would, that would work too, yeah. Uh, I'm just kidding. You don't really have to do that. Um, yeah, so that is awesome. I can't wait to play that. I'm glad that you got it so that I have the opportunity to check it out. Super Hot was, was good, um, on the regular PC. I have a feeling that VR is going to make Super Hot great again. Yep. Um, I have been playing a, uh, a video game as well. I have been super into The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Which, um, when uh, people first started playing it, it seemed like basically everybody was saying it was not only the best Zelda of all time, but their favorite video game. Um, And it seems like um, everybody's cooled on it a little bit since then. Um, But my wife and I are obsessed with this game. We play it for about an hour or two every night after the kid goes to sleep, except for nights that Game of Thrones is on then we watch game of thrones um but we just uh we're just having a blast we are going through everything really slowly because we only play an hour or two at a time um but it is uh it, it is just so much fun the world is amazing um the the story is i, I would say it's kind of meh um and i would say the fact that there's like not really typical dungeons is kind of meh but just getting around in the world is so much fun and all the stuff that you can do is so much fun that uh you know some some of the uh things that i would traditionally call a weakness i'm i'm willing to brush those aside um and there's this uh mechanic that i wanted to bring up where if you haven't played legend of zelda you might not be aware um but as you're as you're playing the game you are always like foraging for materials not only do your weapons break and you need to get new ones but you're also like getting apples out of the trees or getting mushrooms or killing animals and getting their meat getting wood yeah all this stuff um and then uh so the foods that you collect if you come across campsite uh you can go to a fire and you can cook your food and it becomes more um advantageous you you recover more heart so you can eat your food raw or you can eat it cooked 
um, and uh, recover more more health or sometimes get different uh, different effects that make you faster or give you more stamina or whatever. Um, and you can like there's recipes that you can make that you you like mix bananas and, and sugar and milk and you get like a pudding that gives you three times as many hearts as you would have gotten from eating the the, the ingredients raw. Um, if any of that sounds exciting to you, then that's great. None of that sounded exciting to me <laughs> at all. And it seemed like it was such a big game mechanic that uh, it actually made me less excited about the game as a whole. Uh, turns out my wife loves it. Really? And so what we do, yeah, the way that we play is I will be uh, like finding shrines or battling enemies or completing side quests or whatever. And uh, I'm like trying to collect all the uh all the food items and lizards and toads and all that stuff um and my wife is always politely reminding me to hey make sure you go get that sparkly thing over there <laughs> make sure you you chop down the street you got a spotter app. that's good <laughs> exactly it's great and then when we get to a campsite she's like all right i'm gonna cook you some stuff <laughs> oh and that's she takes over she takes over oh that's awesome and she's like like uh committing all the all the best recipes to memory Mm-hmm. And uh, she'll like spend, you know, five or ten minutes putting these recipes together. She's like, "All right, you know, what do you what do you need? Do you need more stamina? Do you need more hearts?" Or, <laughs> and I'm like, "You know, the stamina stuff is really coming handy lately." And she's yeah. like, "On it, well, I'm and going then, to this ice area, so I need exactly. cold resistance." Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so then when I go out and I do battle, I've just got this like fully stocked inventory of awesome, nutritious meals that my wife has cooked for me. Um, and it is, uh, it it is pretty great. So, um, the games that we've enjoyed the most have been ones like this, where there's a mechanic where we can switch off like Bioshock. The original one had like, uh, this hack hacking turrets, turrets mini game where you would play pipe dream in order to hack turrets and get them on your side. And so what, what Bioshock was for me was very different from my wife. She would like watch, watch me play and go through the story. And then we'd come across a turret and she'd play pipe dream for a minute. And then we'd have a turret on, on our side. Um, so in the same way, we're able to enjoy uh, legend of Zelda on, on kind of different levels, but we're still working on the same team toward the same goal. And uh, it's a, uh, it's really special. I, I uh, highly recommend this game, uh, especially if uh you have a significant other who maybe enjoys um, some of the more um, what I would call mundane tasks that you uh, yeah that that you might have to complete over the course of the game. Man, that is an awesome way to approach that because I like you was not super thrilled about the cooking stuff, and it is like a little bit of a grind to uh, do that. And I don't have the uh, breadth of knowledge when it comes to the recipes that Cindy does. Um, but wow, you, you really hit on the, the right strategy with that. Just delegate the cooking to somebody else. Just let them do that. And then you can just go off and have fun, you know, in Hyrule. That's, that is a really smart way to go about that. Yeah. And it's not by plan (laughs) that it happened this way. It was, uh, me trying to do some cooking and her getting frustrated that I was literally like the first three meals that I made were the unedited garbage food. Yeah. Yeah. The inedible, uh, it's like pixelated, like the image is like a pixelated turd or something. Yeah. It's like gray goop or something. Yeah. yeah, I I was like legit trying my hardest 
to make good meals. You're like, this and, is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's like, she's getting frustrated, and she basically takes the controllers from me and, and takes over, and she was a natural at it, so it just uh, worked out really well. Yeah, and you mentioned that Connor watches you play a little bit, right? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, we uh, will usually not play during the weekdays, because he he's at daycare for most of the day, and then he'll come home and we'll want to do outside activities, and then it's time for bed, and then he's asleep. Um, but during the weekends, like if we are winding down for a nap or something like that, we'll play a little bit of Zelda, and he loves it. He he has a blast. Um, we have to be careful with uh, some of the the violence in it, which mm-hmm. isn't like gory or anything, but just that there's hitting happening. Um, yeah. Uh, he is starting to pick up that you can like hit things with other things. And so like while we play, we have to keep an eye on him. And I tend to try to do more shrine and adventure quests mm-hmm. when he's watching rather than hunt down Bacoblin camps and, and stuff like that. But yeah, more, more shield surfing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, but he, he, he loves it. Oh my gosh. I can't even describe the feeling that you get when you are playing a game that you played 20 years ago, like a a, a new iteration of a game you played 20 years ago that has the same sound effects, and then your two-year-old son repeats the sound effect. So like the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. When you (laughs) uncover a secret, like that'll happen, and then he'll sing it, and it's like, oh my gosh, this this is blowing my mind. That this thing from 20 years, like I never would have thought that I would have a kid and he'd yeah. be sitting next to me watching me play video games and singing the same sound effects. It's just, uh, it's pretty special, man. Dude, that's great. Are you, so are you saying as far as like, you know, Connor being impressionable, not trying to show him too much hitting, was it a mistake for Mary Beth and I to get him a weapon for his birthday? No, no it's his favorite toy. <laughs> and... Uh, I mean, that's just what parenting is. Like, you can't just give him stuffed animals his whole life or or stuff like that. You need to give him stuff like that and teach him how he's supposed to use it. So, uh, yeah, you gave him you gave him that Moana fishhook, which is his favorite toy. He has it with him all the time. Um, and at times we have to remind him not to hit things with it. Um, but like I said, that's okay. That's just what parenting is. Yeah. All right, awesome. Well, I'm glad uh, it you know Zelda's family fun for everyone in the comp household. Yeah. Um. All right. So I think that concludes video game corner. Uh, that was good. Um, do you want to wrap this up? Yeah, man. I think that was an action-packed episode. Um, so to drink episode for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and bourbony. I'm I'm feeling pretty good right now. I think <laughs> I might good. go uh, play some super hot. Okay. Uh, so if you want to follow me outside of uh, these tech down episodes, if you want to get more Aaron in your life, you can do that. You can follow me on Twitter. My uh, Twitter handle is at Aaron Comp. I have a website which is AaronComp.com, and uh, follow me on Snapchat at Aaron Comp. Adam, how can a uh, tech down nation or bourbon nation get in touch with you? Yep, I'm on the interwebs, www.adamcomp.com. Twitter handle is adamcomp. Snapchat handle is also adamcomp. Uh, you can follow us on 
Uh, Twitter, we are at TechDownFM. Though, if you tweet at us, we might not uh, see it for a couple of weeks. Just a, just a heads up. Um, and you can also find us on TechDown.FM on the interwebs. Yeah. Uh, oh, rate us in iTunes or in Overcast. Do that. You, do it. you made it this far. Just do it. Like, make sure to like, share, subscribe, and comment. Is that what you say? Yep. I think that's I think, what I cool think we're kids good. say. All Print right. it out, fax it, send it. Cool. Good episode, man. We'll catch you next time. All right, dude. Later.